Now here's the deal with Hannah and Abby, a conversation to bring the hope and light of Jesus into hard topics. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of season two. Today, we are talking about community, and we have a guest, James Runcorn, on here. He is a pastor at Water Springs Church. We're super excited to have you, James. Thank you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Not really. You didn't tell me that's what was going to happen here. Uh, well, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm one of the pastors here at Water Springs. Uh, my title is Community Discipleship Pastor. I have a heart for the community here at Water Springs, everyone involved in different ministries, um, support staff, lay leaders, the regular staff, um, the community at large, Idaho Falls. I'm involved with a lot of different uh, things outside the walls of the church, and uh, that's, that's kind of where my heart is. Awesome. Sweet. Sweet. So um, today, you know, we started this season sharing um, some quotes with with y'all. So today I have a quote from Mother Teresa. It is, do small things with great love. Um, and I think it ties into our word of the month in a great way um, with being intentional, um, you know, having the heart for others, having the heart for Christ. Um, and, you know, Treating people with love doesn't mean that we have to go out and do huge, huge grand gestures, um, but being intentional in, you know, a phone call, making time in our day intentionally to spend with the Lord, all of those things. um, I just really enjoy that quote. Have you ever watched an hourglass? Like one of the good old fashioned ones with sand that comes out? Mm -hmm. And if you just break it open and take that apart, you've got thousands and thousands of pieces of sand. And if you just hold one, it seems really minuscule. But if you put it back in the hourglass, reassemble it or whatever, and you turn it over and you watch those sands pour through the middle one grain at a time, eventually it builds and it fills. And I'm kind of thinking about those, I have lots of kids, I have seven boys. You sort of set a high bar when you have an epic birthday party. And then you think, man, next year, how are we gonna top this? You don't have to top you know, what just happened in intentionality and being intentional with your call to follow uh, what God's put on your heart. But one grain of sand at a time is one step of faithfulness. And over time, you look back over your life and you can see the mountain behind you of where God has worked through you to build something bigger than just that one individual, what seems like something minuscule in the moment. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if I was interrupting. I, no, 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 that's, that's great. Really, yeah. <laughs> No, that was really good. Pastor's uh, Live is different. You know, you, you got to fight for your moment, and then you take it, <laughs> and before you're done, there's already three people talking. So No, we like to listen yeah. to one another, oh, James. We okay, let me, take turns. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I also brought a friend with me. His name is Simeon. No. Simeon, you want to say something? <laughs> Sorry, listen to Pastor's Live if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really, Pastor's Live is great. We do We do support the pastors on that show <laughs> it is a super fun like a 20 minute little episode thing um mm-hmm. so you can find it on it's on spotify right? it's cute it's that's, yeah that's it's really cute, cute. <laughs> it's an adorable show <laughs> oh, okay oh, so our topic today is community um and just emphasizing the importance of that um especially in um the christian faith um and in churches community is super important or called to have community um, so we're just kind of expanding on that. Um, so a big part of why we wanted you on here, James, mm-hmm. is that you are kind of head over all the small groups and home groups uh, here at Water Springs. And um, 
I went to one of your small group leader trainings, and you really did just touch on why small groups are important, and a big part of that is on community, and I think that it's important for people to be getting involved in community. Um, Do you want to touch on that a little bit, why you would recommend people to get involved in small groups and kind of like the the intent behind wanting to do that and making connections with people? Sure. I would ask people to consider what is your purpose in going to church? Is your purpose to, I guess, be in a room filled with other people who simply want to hear the word preached and you want to sing a few songs and then go about your life? Or do you want to step into a place where you can be involved and engaged spiritually and with the actual lives of people around you. Because there's quite a few calls in Scripture, uh, we call them the one another's, such as bear one another's burdens. If all you do is come through the door, and I'm not trying to shame anyone if this is your routine, but I'm just trying to encourage you to think about your reason behind attending church. God calls us to community. I mean, even in the very beginning, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Hmm. We're not supposed to be, a Hank Hanegraaff calls it, lone ranger Christians. You know, you weren't meant to go out there and face everything alone. Of course, Christ is with you and the things that you do in obedience to him, you're, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry those out. But at the same time, Scripture describes the church as the body of Christ. And in, in a body, there are so many different parts that work together to accomplish a task. So if you think about, you know, your ligaments and joints and fingernails or your pores, Those aren't things that you think about on a daily basis when you're just getting dressed and going to work or whatever, but all those things work together to keep your body functioning in a healthy way so that you can accomplish the tasks that you've been called to do. Same thing as a believer in Christ. Some people are called to get up and publicly speak, evangelists, preachers, teachers, but that is not the end all to Christian leadership. So much of Christian leadership happens behind the scenes prayer warriors, Mm -hmm. people who clean the restrooms, people who are greeting, people who who clean the carpets. There's all kinds of people behind the scenes who maybe, you know, IT support. Maybe some of those people feel like, ah, this is a thankless job. It's not really necessary. Well, we can't carry out the tasks here in the community of Water Springs without the entire body functioning together. So when you come to church, is your purpose simply to sit in a chair, get fed some uh, teaching from scripture and participate or maybe just sit there and listen to some music? Or is this like the doorway to engagement with the rest of the body? And we've tried to facilitate that in some ways by having donuts and coffee after the, the weekend services. We encourage people to go to the fellowship hall just to talk to each other, get to know each other. And that way you're not operating on a surface level uh, relationship where you see someone week to week. It's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Oh, good. I'm fine too. That's not true. Usually, most of the time, people aren't fine. Most of the time, people are carrying all kinds of stuff, and it's it's important to be intentional with the way you engage with those around you. Because when you probe a little bit more and you find out there's something besides just "I'm fine," you learn how you can either help someone, how you can be there just to listen, or how you can pray for them, and that that's that's huge. Yeah. Well, and I think that sometimes people don't realize the importance of the impact a community can have on them until they 
finally get that community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've been living your life without a super close-knit community, you know, when I moved here from Oregon, um, I hadn't had, like, a close church group before necessarily. Um, you know, I have went to a great church, and there was a lot of wonderful people there, but I didn't have that tight-knit you know, community there. And then I got exposed to that here. And I realized that, wow, that's something that I need in my life for the rest of my life, you know, and even though, you know, seasons might change and take you different places, still finding the importance of seeking that intentional community, um, wherever you might go, um, I think is super beneficial. You have a a great support system with that too. You know, I think a lot of people feel lonely in the world nowadays. Um, And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. And what comes to mind is Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. And it's like, it's not good to be alone. It's not good to just be isolated and constantly focusing on self. And we do have to be intentional about the things that we go out and, you know, being intentional about the people that we seek out to have relationships with and friendships with. And, you know, it's not easy, but that's not, we're not called to be alone. We really aren't. And so it's, it's just very important that if you are struggling and if you are alone, that you do have to kind of take that step of faith out and be intentional with going to a small group or going to church and not just going to listen to the sermon and leave, but to actually get to know the community around you. Yeah, that goes right hand in hand with what I was going to say. I've I've shared this a couple other times with different people. Uh, The church that we went to in L.A., Shepherd of the Hills, at the time had about 15,000 active members. Mm. And we attended there for, oh, I don't know, six to nine months before I started getting really irritated. Like, nobody knows us. It's really irritating. You know, but what what kind of burden was I trying to put on them? How in the world could... Um, volunteers and partners and support staff and pastors actually get to know 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. So someone challenged me, why don't you get involved? And I was like, why would I get involved when nobody knows me? But I got over myself and we actually did start to get involved. And then we began to develop that community. We got to know people and suddenly a lot of faces became familiar. And so I would encourage you, if you're listening and you just attend a church, why not take that next step? Take the initiative. Get involved. And here's another here's another thought. There was someone. I'll I'll keep it kind of vague. There was someone who voiced a concern not too long ago about how they observed the pastors interacting with people at, at Water Springs, and they said, "Oh, it looks like the pastors have their favorites, and not everybody is really greeted the way that we hear it, you know, presented from the pulpit." Well. There's so many factors that go into that. I'm not going to make excuses, but I I know these guys on the team and their heart is to welcome and make everybody feel loved. And I know we drop the ball sometimes. Every you know, every once in a while all of us are guilty of it. We see someone that that we enjoy being around and maybe we get into conversation a little bit too much and we lose sight of of people walking by, but the main point is we do have a heart for people, but we can't. It's impo- it's physically impossible for all of the servants team, the ushers, the greeters, the pastors, to engage with every person who walks in. So I would encourage you, tossing the ball back in your court, if you're one of those people who feels like you have been kind of brushed aside, it's not intentional, I promise you it's not. Um, But why not register to serve with us? That way you can help fill in the gap when other people come through and they're missed. You'll be one of those people who helps us engage with the masses who come in. Yeah. Well, and there's different opportunities, at least here at Water Springs, we have Ladies Night Out and Brothers Breakfast. 
Um, and there's small groups and home groups and different things, which, you know, it can be kind of intimidating um, if you're going to go to one of these things by yourself. But also a great thing is if you know someone in the area or another person that does go to the church to grab them as your as your friend to go with you. And then you can meet a lot of other people. Um, but many other churches have similar, um, you know, ways for people to get to know each other and fellowship outside of Sunday services. So, yeah, along with what James said, I just encourage you to to see those things um, and maybe find a, a buddy or a friend to go with you um, to make it, you know, a little less intimidating if it if it can come across that way. Um, and it'll be it'll be great. I was intimidated when I first came here because it seems like everybody knows each other, which they do because mm-hmm. um, they're so intentional here. And I, you know, had to had to be brave <laughs> and show up. And I'm so, so glad I did because the, the people are just so kind and welcoming um, and community is such a such a benefit and a great thing to have. The hardest part is going to actually be making the decision to show up. Mm-hmm. Everything else is easy from there. It's the same thing as the mass people that are still in California that we know that want to leave. And I'll tell them firsthand, I mean, the hardest part is actually leaving. Once you physically get everything loaded up and you're on your way, it's easy from there. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to quite a few people who have uh, visited Ladies' Night Out, for example, and they will share their experiences. Hey, it was really welcoming. I felt really comfortable there. I felt like people were friendly. They're not putting you up in front of everyone and saying, this is a visitor. It's more like there's a bunch of tables scattered throughout the room with just a handful of ladies at each table, and they make it really warm and welcoming. So Mm -hmm. the hardest part, if you can get yourself here just to show up, that will be the hardest part. It just gets easier and more fun from there. Mm -hmm. Well, and something that I just want to acknowledge is that it it can be scary and it is scary and it is hard. Like that's actually feelings and emotions that you probably are dealing with and you do struggle with and that's okay. That is, we're not getting rid of like that. That actually is a fact. It is scary. But the thing is, is that when you come into community, there are people there that love for you and care for you and that are there and want to support you and become friends and get to know you. And another thing about why Ladies Night Out is that way is I know that the ladies there pray for the ladies that are going to be showing up. Mm -hmm. And they pray over each chair. And that, I do know, has been incredibly helpful for a lot of of ladies. I don't think I've met a single lady that has gone to Ladies Night Out. Like, maybe that they were going and that they thought, I don't really want to go. I'm just, like, feeling a certain way and I don't want to go and I'm nervous. And then they do. And then they turn around and go, wow, God knew that I needed that. And there is always something that touches someone's heart, whether it's a person that you meet, whether it's the message, whether it was the worship, like there is always something there and you just got to get into community. Mm -hmm. And it is scary stepping out in faith. It really is. But the reality is, is that God doesn't want you to be alone. He wants you to have community. He wants you to be Mm -hmm. in fellowship with people. Well, and there's so many different aspects of community in a church body that I think are great for for people to get involved in, in multiple aspects and to have, you know, multiple generations of people in their community. You know, if you're a young adult, you can find a young adults group and go to ladies night out and help in the choir. You know, if you're past the young adult stage, you can still go to ladies night out or brothers breakfast and find other volunteer opportunities to meet all sorts of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you get plugged in, the more you will find that greater community at your church. So any other thoughts on community? I've got lots of thoughts on community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? Honestly, if, if anyone listening actually has quest- specific questions about community, I'm happy to talk as well. James at watersprings.net. Um, it's just my heart. And I've shared this way too many times, so I'm sorry for repeating it 
you know, so much. But I was meeting with a guy a couple months ago who was going through a hard time. And he said to me, um, you know, you're just doing this because you're a pastor. You're just meeting with me because you're a pastor. I said, no, I'm a pastor because this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And every single person listening out there has something that they do. I don't know what your skill set is, but you do. And if you don't know what your skills are, what your giftings are, ask someone who knows you really well, like a parent or a sibling or your spouse or your kids or good friends. And they'll say, oh, you know what? You're really good at this. Or man, every time you do this, I'm inspired. I wish I could be like you. That's probably your gifting. That's probably your skill set. Find out how you can use that for the glory of God. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it as a part of a, you know, being a church volunteer or partner. Just do whatever you do for the glory of God. And that will create community around you. People gravitate towards um, people who are skilled. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that everyone wants to use you, but there's something attractive about someone using the skills that God has given them. And uh, I don't mean attractive in, in a negative way. I mean attractive like you want to just be around people who are really flourishing the way that they've been designed to. So that in and of itself will create community. Yeah, no, that's an awesome point. I think that about wraps up the community conversation. Thanks so much for all you had to add, all you had to add, James. You're welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. (laughs) But we're not done. We're not done yet. We're not done. (laughs) Now we do have a question for you. Yes. Oh. Um, So this is more of a fun question. What is the strangest thing you have had for breakfast that is not a breakfast food? I can start because (laughs) this is actually my favorite thing to have for breakfast, which I really do have, is cold pizza. Oh, I think it's so good for breakfast. Cold pizza. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Oh, see, I would I wouldn't take that off the breakfast menu at all. That's that's pretty that's normal. That's pretty much normal. breakfast food. Have cold pizza. Okay. Well, I've also so, had cold Chinese food. That's also really good for again, breakfast. Again, you're still in the correct realm of appropriate breakfast foods. Okay. Uh, see, this this is where I'm trying to wrap my mind around like what what do I consider abnormal compared to what most normal people mm-hmm. consider abnormal? Um, I guess in the army crickets yeah. Okay, <laughs> but they didn't force us to eat bugs. I mean, I just, I just was that guy. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, my like my second night at the reception battalion before they ship you off to basic training, which they call downrange. Um, you're you're just trying to get acclimated to the schedule and everything that military life has to offer. And there was a group of guys over in the corner, probably like 15, 20 of them. Eat it, eat it. They were all chanting, and this guy was standing there while everyone was half circled around him and I was trying to see what he had. And then they, someone said, I'll give you, I'll give you 20 bucks. I'll give you 25 bucks to eat it. And he was holding a June bug oh. and he's like, nah. <laughs> and I said, I'll do it for 30. And so then everyone kind of like the, the seas parted, like, oh. oh, the heads turned towards me. Oh, 30 bucks. And so then the guy hands me the June bug. And if you know what June bugs are, they make that little noise, like, rah, rah, you know, and they've got those hook legs. And anyway, so I was like, let me see the cash. So they held up 30 bucks and, uh, yeah, I ate the June bug. It wasn't yeah. breakfast, though. That was like a post-dinner snack for okay. 30 bucks. So. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, breakfast food. You know what I really like, which I'm finding very few people do like? And Julie in the office. I'm gonna oatmeal. Throw oatmeal. Throw her under the bus. Thank you. You all know. <laughs> you all know. I love oatmeal. Oatmeal is really good. Oh, it is I'm really good. I'm not a fan. I like oatmeal bakes, hmm. but not oatmeal itself. Oatmeal. I would rather have a bowl of oatmeal with like some cinnamon and nutmeg and nuts in it um, more than I would want an oatmeal bake. <laughs> but I do like it when it is made. <laughs> um, for me, 
I, I don't know, you probably won't think that this is strange, but growing up it was strange because I think it maybe happened only once in my entire life was having ice cream for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> I've never yes. had ice cream for breakfast. It was it was one day, <laughs> and I remember we just had a ton of ice cream, and we didn't have any food for breakfast, and I'm pretty sure the night before we had popcorn for dinner because we were also just like... We just <laughs> were running low on groceries. We didn't have a whole lot, but we had ice cream left over. And uh, so we had ice cream for breakfast, and it was like one day. And I think that's not really a normal yeah. morning breakfast. No, it shouldn't but. be normal. We did we, we prepared for that one time. We bought bananas and whipped cream and cherries and all the stuff. So for one day, one day for breakfast, we had all our boys make <laughs> banana splits. That's so fun. So awesome. That is fun. Yeah. But have you ever had breakfast for dinner? Like, hey, let's have pancakes and sausage. Uh, we have it all the yeah. time. Yeah, see, look how normal that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I do not like having breakfast for dinner. I really don't. <laughs> well, I can have cereal any time of day. Yeah. I love cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios <laughs> is like my late night snack. Yeah. <laughs> Who was, we did a, during a staff lunch, we asked what everybody's favorite um, breakfast cereal was. And someone said, was it, are they called grape nuts? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I felt the pain in my jaw <laughs> as they said that. I was like, oh, I just remember that would just like destroy your jaw. Those are also yeah. good if you're in a fight and you have some in your pocket, you throw them in the other person's eyes. Grape nuts. It's the equivalent to gravel. It like, is. Yeah. <laughs> that is like what it feels like you're eating. It's gravel. It's so funny. But, yeah. well, all right. Well. And there's your self defense <laughs> lesson for the day, too. There you go. Carry grape nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and um, joining us on the conversation about community. Um, if you have a random food that's not normally a breakfast food that you've eaten for breakfast, we would love to know it. Um, so, so share that with us and stay updated for next week's podcast. There's the deal for this week's episode. Be sure to share with your friends and family. You can follow us at Here's the Deal Pod on Instagram. We would love to hear from you in a comment or review. 